Welcome to I Got Back Up, Getting Back Up With. I'm Talia Lazarus, the founder of I Got Back Up, and in August 2021, my life changed. I was in a road accident, which led me to 10 weeks of no walking, knee surgery that September, and then double knee surgery in February 2022. After learning how to walk again in my 20s, my journey took me through greatest highs and extreme lows. Everybody has a story, and everyone's story is different, but even in the smallest of ways, we can all relate. And as humans, we always talk about when someone is back up, or how, why, and when something happened. We tend not to discuss the middle part, the recovery, the journey, the darkness, and the continuous roller coaster of ups and downs. It's a taboo subject for most, but here it's not. You have the chance to change your story. So come face to face with your fears and step out into the unknown. You don't have to be ruled by those fearful and negative emotions anymore because there is so much beauty and adventure on the other side. You can face all your obstacles and walls with us and those around you. You are not alone. We are stronger together. Over the years, as life stresses and a difficult marriage created an environment where Roseanne Forte turned to alcohol to check out of life's problems, she understood during the COVID-19 pandemic that if she didn't take action, it would kill her. Realising that only when the pain was great enough did she start to pay attention. Now the author of The Plans He Has For Me, Roseanne has transformed her life and inspires others in the position she once was. She believes her experiences were so valuable that she finds joy in being the pawn in somebody else's journey. When things are hard to go through, even if we can't see it in the moment, and it doesn't matter if you can't feel it today, if you put one foot in front of the other and you have hope, it leads you to the next step and into a journey in places you never thought you'd go. Oh, and don't forget to stop and smell the roses. On today's episode, I have Roseanne Forte. How are you? I'm great. How are you today, Talia? Yeah, I'm also great. I'm great as well. So where in the world are you based? I am in Scottsdale, Arizona in the United States. Very nice. Very nice. I love the United States. <laughs> I love the UK, so we're good. <laughs> I find that a lot when I when I say to somebody that I like where they are. They tell me they also like London or the UK, so it's it's nice to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's great. Yeah, so obviously today we're here to talk all about you and your story. So the floor is over to you. You can start anywhere you want. Okay, well, my story, um, I want to kind of go backwards because <laughs> the reason that you asked me to be on the podcast is you noticed um, a book I wrote. And mm-hmm. it's a daily devotional for how to put alcohol to the side. And really the story then goes backwards from there about how it got created and written and it was um you know a story about it's my story right it's it's a story of a lot of personal suffering over I'm I'm quite older than you um decades (laughs) (laughs) and uh just doing what society kind of tells you to do in terms of drinking alcohol that that's what this is about the story right I was brought up with parents who drank and had fun and did it for pleasure. I started drinking at a very young age to be cool. I went to college. There was a lot of partying um, there. I ended up being in business. I was a successful executive and 
of course, the martini lunches, the happy hours, the business meetings, alcohol, and the boardrooms, actually, yeah. back then. I don't know if it's as prevalent now, but back then, you know, there was an alcohol cabinet in mm -hmm. the boardroom. And I think TV, if you watch TV or movies, they will show, right, the lawyer in the office pouring the bourbon, right? And yeah. so <laughs> a lot of that. Um, then you get married and uh, or you start dating and it's about the romanticism of having that glass of wine with somebody else right yeah. um over time you have kids and it was shocking it, it's like okay we're gonna have a two-year-old's birthday party and the cooler is filled with alcohol <laughs> and eventually it's everywhere and um so you start using it for stress you start using it for entertainment you start using it for romanticism uh, it, it's, you know, and like with everything, it becomes a habit, right? Yeah. I'm stressed, drink. I need to relax, drink. I want to have fun, drink, right? Yeah. It's, and not to mention it's an addictive sub substance, right? And it takes a long time to get this, to this point, but if you're not careful or aware of how this progresses, one day you go, you know what? I need to put this to the side because it's not, you know, it's not doing me good. And you recognize yeah. maybe it's harder to lose weight or you have a hangover or you said something. Right? <laughs> and, um, and you're like, I really got to pull back on this. And it, it starts being a struggle. Yeah. And, that is the beginning of what I call psychological slavery um, to where you start negotiating with yourself, making promises with, to yourself that you're not keeping. And with every promise broken, the trust in yourself breaks. And it's, yeah. really, it's really kind of a sad decline because over, you know, a decade of really trying to manage it, my my mental health was in a pretty bad state, you know, in terms of depression and anxiety. I was dealing with a very difficult marriage. It, it was difficult for all, all the years of our marriage. And so we used it for that romanticism, the partying, but I also used it to check out. So I found myself in trouble <laughs> and I, I found myself um, going through a really um, bad divorce. My drinking escalated even more. And then COVID uh, hit and I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is really yeah. bad. And I think the only way I'm going to survive COVID is to quit drinking because people don't understand how much alcohol affects your body. I mean, it's made with ethanol <laughs> and it depresses your immune system and it depresses your lung function, two things which you really need to survive COVID, right? <laughs> anyway, I was, I, I quit on my own out of fear, but then I joined a coaching program. Um, it was a worldwide coaching program uh, on Zoom, of course, because it's during COVID. Yeah. And uh, I transformed so much in 90 days that I was like, this is absolutely incredible. And uh, my my joy, my happiness, my self-confidence, my blood pressure went down, my weight went down, just all of the benefits. And I'm a Christian, 
and I, you know, I, whether you're a Christian or not, a lot of people end up praying about this, right? God, they, they turn to God when they, God, please take this away from me. Yeah. And uh, I had done that for quite a few years and it didn't go away. And then yeah. I realized when I went through this coaching program that all of the things I learned there were the wisdom of God that I had read previously. I ended up working for them, being a coach, um, enrolling people, understanding people's secret suffering. Like there's yeah. a lot of it. We're all kind of going through these same mental gymnastics. And I decided to document everything with God's word instead, because the coaching program I was in was super expensive and I didn't, I wanted people to gain access to the concepts for, um, you know, a reasonable price. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think God has a big say and, or yeah. not say, uh, he can inspire us to stay the path because yeah. a lot of people, even after going through that 90 days, they're doing so great. And then they choose alcohol again. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what I did. I wrote a book. I created a website for people to get access to information. Just www.theplanshehasforme.com. And I just uh, loving helping people change their lives and transform. Yeah. And I think that's what the amazing thing is, is because of what you've been through, you're now helping others uh, change their lives. And like you said, transform. And what I think I love the most is, you know, depending on what you are going through is sometimes the, the right help, let's say, is very expensive and people can't afford to get certain help. So when something like a book or a website from someone that's been through it themselves comes around, sometimes that actually is all someone needs. Right, right. I um, I agree. It's just that inspiration for something yeah. better, that hope, and <clears throat> being being a perfect uh, person of faith. I I believe that God uses everything for good. So despite where we are, I that's quite frankly that's where the name of the book came from. Right, the plans yeah. He has for me because when I was in my deepest and darkest moments, I um. You know, I actually used to pray and just say, God, I'm kind of done here. Like, you can take me away and I won't mind. Um, but I also recognized a verse, <laughs> uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, um, plans to give you hope and a future. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Right, God. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> it's hard to see, but I did walk in faith. That there was yeah. some sort of plan that it would be revealed. And here I am, right? Um, yeah. From this abyss to here. And I, I I, know that's available to everyone if they walk in faith forward, knowing that, that mm -hmm. their, um, their pain and suffering will be used for something good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's the, you know, it's the line, everything happens for a reason. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm a big believer of. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see some people that I've met and spoken to, you know, after their darkest, hardest times, their lives have just 
bloomed and blossomed and you know been in gone into directions that maybe before would never have gone that way all because of you know adversity or something they've been through right have you ever heard I didn't know this until the past couple of years but apparently Christopher Reeves at the end of his life um some Mm -hmm. reporter asked him you know if you could change something what would you change about your life and he said absolutely nothing and that was one of the most incredible responses because if we look at Christopher Reeves you know Superman Hollywood handsome money like everything that our society says is important right that man Mm -hmm. had it and yet the reason he said he would change nothing is that gave him purpose. Yeah. Gave him purpose to help other people, to advance research, to, and he spent his life with purpose. And that just really goes to show yeah. me how powerful purpose can be. And I, I believe we're all created with a gift that can be used. And, and a lot of times alcohol gets in the way mm-hmm. of using that gift like who has time to use our gift when we're drinking recovering from drinking and thinking about how to quit drinking that takes up a lot of time and I just think if we focus you know we all have such unique gifts it doesn't matter if it's flower arranging singing bowling you know racing bike riding we all have a gift and we know we have that gift, right? Yeah. We, yeah. we know there's something more in us and we have yeah. this fear of developing it or spending time on it because we have, this is another commonality, I think, to humanity is the bullying that goes on in our heads. We say yeah. things to ourselves that we would never say to another human being. And mm-hmm. we understand... Um, the unfortunate power of those, well, fortunate or, or unfortunate, right? Yeah. Depending on what your thoughts are. I, I don't know if it's Henry Ford that said this, but whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Yeah. Have you yeah. Yeah. But I, I agree. I agree exactly with that because it's, it's the power of your thoughts. And if you believe you can do something, you'll be able to do it. But if you think negatively and you think you can't do something, then you're not going to be able to do it because you're not telling yourself you can. Um, so, yeah, no, I I, I completely yeah, agree with that. you're not even trying. Right? Yeah. If you, if you say you can't do it, it's a guarantee you won't because you're yeah. not trying. Um, but if even if you say I can do something and you shoot, farther than your goal and that's I think another thing that people are afraid of is to dream and Mm -hmm. to dream big because if we can dream and dream big even if we fall short of that look what we've achieved yeah yeah um to use failures uh, along that journey as opportunities to learn and gain wisdom not to beat ourselves up yeah yeah Yeah. and I that's it's it's definitely something that I see a lot of people not wanting to 
not wanting to dream big because they think it's impossible or they think it's way too far out of reach. But look at what some of the people in this world are doing. And I'm pretty sure had you sat them down 10 you know, years ago and told them that's what they were going to do, they probably thought, no, I'm not. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. the kind of people that have dreamt and, you know, chased their dreams and got them. So if they can do it, you can as well. Well, and it's about believing in yourself, right? Yeah. Um, I I think Oprah was fired from a radio station because (laughs) she was too emotional in her reporting. I think Walt Disney was fired um, as a result of not being creative enough. And what if we believe those things? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We wouldn't have Disney. (laughs) And I do... um, I am such a strong proponent of, you know, finding your purpose, right? That's yeah. embedded in the plans he has for me. How do you find your purpose? And it's not like, oh, you're going to find it right away. But if you pursue your gift, chances are you will find a purpose somewhere in there, right? Yeah. At, at least you'll have fun trying. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you know whether that's dancing like I said it's we have some math everybody has a gift and I, yeah. I just think too many of us go nah you know nah I'm gonna do this because yeah. it makes money and I, I always tell my kids when they would talk about what do you want to what should I do and I go if you do what you love I promise you'll be successful yeah yeah And I guess that's also the thing is people have a destination, they have a goal, you know, a dream, but life is about enjoying the journey. Life is the journey and the people you meet and the places you go and you can have that end goal, but the journey to there can be incredible. Roller coaster full of ups and downs, yes, but it can be incredible. I agree. And that's actually what I missed in my life. I was very driven towards, um, success and money and you know status and a lot of those things and I forgot to the proverbial stop and smell the roses actually I never learned what that was um until later in life and when we can stop and look at what's around us look at what's beautiful look at people and Mm -hmm. um you know their gifts it just provides for a different experience. And I love what you just said about the roller coaster. Um, it is a roller coaster. And I've learned that when I'm in the kind of the downswing, that mm-hmm. I'm going to come out of it. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be a place that I stay. I can process those feelings and feel them instead of drowning them out with alcohol which is what I did. And I know a lot of people do. It's a way not to process your feelings as if they're going to go away. (laughs) But when you wake up the next morning, the same, the same problem and the same feelings are present. Right. So um, being clear minded just allows us to weather those roller coasters so much better. Yeah. And in a in an extract actually that I saw from you, you said that um, you know, alcohol was how you found that maybe it was a way to check out of life's problems. Oh yeah. Um Yeah, so kind of how do you mind explaining a little bit more about that then? 
Yeah, I think the people that are most at risk, or what I've found in the science, is the people that are most at risk for an alcohol or alcohol abuse are the people that are trying to check out of a problem or some kind of trauma. And um, it's a way that does check you out, I guess, at the beginning, because it numbs all your senses. Uh, and because it worked at the beginning, you just keep using it. And so what we teach and why, what I show people in the devotional and I teach in my coaching yeah. is, as you said, you know, you be present. Why are you reaching for that? Right? Yeah. Is it the stress or an anxiety? Um, and teaching them to learn how to deal with that problem. Yeah the way we were meant and created to deal with that problem, which is clarity, thinking through, responding in more of a, a calm fashion. Yeah. I I um <clears throat> I became so reactive, right? And so angry at mm. at the smallest things in life. And I think you'll find that anyone suffering from uh, a substance abuse is like they're on edge and yeah. it's a, it's a two edged sword. Um, you know, their body is withdrawing from the, the substance, at least in the initial term, it only takes two to four weeks to really bring your body back in homeostasis with the substance. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest is just a habit. Right. And um, unfortunately, like in dry January, which it is now, people know they need a detox, right? They've been drinking too much. They'll spend 31 days without alcohol, but they're using willpower. And that is so hard. Yeah. (laughs) And by the way, it gets harder every year you do it. And a lot of clients I've talked to, they get scared because all of a sudden one year they can't finish dry January. Right. Yeah. Um, But what happens when you use willpower is you've detoxed your body. You're feeling fabulous. Right. (laughs) And then you have confidence. Like now I can control it. Right. But you're right back into the cycle. As a matter of fact, a lot of people drink more afterwards because they've so missed it. Yeah. Because of the willpower that, in general, a lot of times they'll, they'll start drinking more. And, um, yeah, so it's it's really interesting. It's good for some people who are just like, oh, I need a detox, and they're not. But for many, yeah. it's really a signal that, uh-oh, I'm trying to control this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think habits, I mean, habits are extremely hard to break. Whatever, whatever your habit is, it's extremely hard to break. And especially if it's become a in inverted commas, a negative habit, it, it's very hard to break. And the thing is, people become comfortable with the habits and it, it becomes a safety blanket uh, to whatever is actually going on, I believe. It does. And it becomes rope. So what I've learned through the science is when we do it, our brain, it was designed so that we don't have to learn something new every day. Yeah. So we learn our, our route to, to and from work, right? And then all of a sudden one day we're talking on the phone, uh, we're yeah. in the car with somebody and we get to and from work without even knowing what happened. And we're yeah. driving safely too. 
So what's, what's happening in that moment? It's that our subconscious mind memorized the routine yeah. and it's operating in the background. And that's why the awareness is so um, key because the 10% of our conscious mind, if it stops and looks at what's happening, can see what's happening in the operating system. Yeah. And the operating system just wants to go on repeat. All it is is a tape recorder, press play, press play, yeah. press play. And so if we can stop and be aware of that routine that's happening, that's why all the habits are hard to break because yeah. we've embedded them there. So we learn them. And you're yeah. right. It's so much. It doesn't matter if it's a routine in the morning that's positive or kind of looking at our phones when we wake up. <laughs> all, all, all bad habits are super hard to break because yeah. they're uncomfortable, right? And we all want to move towards pleasure and away from pain. But yeah. I always tell people to lean into the discomfort yeah. of breaking the habit because that's the signal that you're making a change. Yeah. And so many of us want change, but we don't want to experience the discomfort. Yeah. But once you understand what's going on in that operating system and understand that it's a little uncomfortable, but there's so yeah. many rewards to look forward to, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's when it happens. Yeah. And that's exactly what I've, I've learned myself is you, like I said, you, you find safety in the habit, whatever, you know, your habit is and that discomfort can be it can be horrible in every way but to put yourself through that discomfort sh is showing yourself and you know others that you are you you want to change and you want to break it and I remember you know I, I've learned that you know the more times you do put yourself through the discomfort the closer you are getting to breaking said habit and it's 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 a whole thing where I I used to think you 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 couldn't you can't change a habit when you've got it so ingrained you've got it so ingrained but I have learned that you can rewire your brain and you can you can relearn things by doing something like that. Absolutely, that concept of neuroplasticity and that that in itself gives us hope, right? And that's what we yeah. need to do is know that a new neural pathway can be made. And I think the science behind how long it takes, I don't know if you have a different number, but um, it says between 66 days and 222. So depending on how deeply ingrained the habit, whether or not it's yeah. substance related, but the, the point is it can be broken and it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to, I love to see my clients experience this transformation because I have 84 day program. Right. And so yeah. most people, I, I encourage them to document they're sleeping better. Yeah. They're probably exercising. They're calmer. There's no anxiety, right? There's mm -hmm. so many benefits and I'm like, document them because you want to remember where you started and where you yeah. And and when they're done, that's why I say only 12 weeks, it's choice-based. Because most programs are like, ah, got to do it forever, you know. 
you've got a problem, you've got to do it forever. And that is a frightening thing when you are so attached to a substance. And um, I like to, you know, empower people mm -hmm. to understand, you know, what's happening, what's the changes, to get excited yeah. and to look forward to something new and different. And, and so what I see after somebody successfully puts alcohol to the side after 12 weeks, they're like, well, what's next? You know, I'm going to work yeah. on my finances, I'm going to work on my health, I'm going to work on my yeah. relationships. Um, what's next? And that's, yeah. oh my gosh, living life with what's next? Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. To wake up every day and kind of have a, you know, you know what you're going to do, but also a, Today could go anywhere, and that's the exciting part. But, right. it, you know, when you've got that clearer head or that clearer mind, or even when you're just more present, is when you can start to really see that excitement, I think. Well, and it, it empowers you, like I said. It gives you the strength to take what's thrown at you and process it as opposed to being a victim yeah. to it. Um, I used to be such a victim to everything going on in the world, and I am mm -hmm. so happy to be free of that, you know, and I, I operate more in the realm of being fearless, using my gift, yeah. using my voice, using my cane to tell people it's possible because, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can do it, you can do it. I was simply, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think we think a lot of things in life are impossible, but most of them, they really aren't. So, but it's, it's finding, you know, your barriers, your obstacles, what you find is impossible. So I think that that's, that's the different thing. That's everyone's journey, everyone's story. So. I know, I know. And I'm so glad that you are kind of doing this work to show <laughs> people what's possible, you know, because yeah, once you get on that, the hamster wheel of transformation, it's like, okay, yeah. what next? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it definitely is a what next. And I think that's the thing is from what I went through, like you, what, what you've been through is you want to help people. But that's what I want to do is I want to help people as well. And I want to help people also find hope and see hope and and realize, you know, that nothing is impossible. And the, believe me, there are plenty of things in my life that, you know, even two years ago, year and a half ago, I would have thought were impossible. And now, now, now they're not. Now I, now I actually see them and I'm telling myself, you know what? I, I can try this. I can do this. I am capable, but it's, it's all about learning. And, you know, this is something I learned to do for me. And if I can help, you know, and you as well, other people, that's kind of what, you know, we want to do. There's a whole science of mindset, right? And how yeah. it, how it helps um, health outcomes, which yeah. you obviously know about. Uh, <clears throat> but there's a whole division at the National Institute of Health. You know, it's a department. Of, it's, it's one of the world's largest grant-making organizations um, okay. to kind of... Uh, give grants and review science, but they, there's, that's why the placebo effect mm -hmm. must be present in any pharmaceutical that gets approved. 
because the thoughts of healing and just the thought of believing yeah. that you took something that will heal you actually heals you. <laughs> if you yeah. take a moment and think about how, like, wow, that is yeah. Yeah. just thinking that you are healed, heals your body. That is what, that's the definition of the placebo effect. And yeah. a drug has to significantly um, help in that regard to, to yeah. get approved. And the funny thing is, I just read recently as it, as it relates to drinking, uh, there was a, a study done in 2019 that mm -hmm. said it's been really hard to find um, drugs that help with alcohol abuse because mm -hmm. the placebo effect is so high. And yeah. I, I don't disagree with that because I've seen the transformation yeah. when people are excited about something. Um, what's interesting, and I know you'll love and appreciate this, is the study also ended with, you know, it's too bad that um, that more people focused in this area, i.e. quitting alcohol, don't use more cognitive behavioral therapies and awareness practices. I'm like, yes. that's, that's what we're doing, right? We're, yeah. we're doing cognitive behavioral theories. We're stopping and we're, we're being aware of what's yeah. going on in the operating system. So, yeah. yeah. Imagine that. Science agrees with us. <laughs> or we're agreeing with science, one or the other. <laughs> Either way, either way, I like the way you you frame it as an operating uh, system because it, it it makes a lot of sense. It does. So I really like the way that you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it makes it resonates for people because yeah. you know it's kind of a computer based, and that's what neurological pathways are, right? They're just operating systems reprogram them just like the computer programs yeah. right and I think that's the key is is you can reprogram and I think a lot of people don't realize they can and I think that's a really big message is you can <laughs> so and then yeah. I guess it, people talk about this all the time but it'd be a shame not to kind of throw this in here but this in the devotional, you know, part of the, it's daily practice, but we do mm -hmm. throw in gratitude in there. Uh, we do not realize, I think we do not realize how much our negative thinking is really dragging us down. And if we yeah. make it a daily practice of gratitude, we are filling that operating system. Yeah. Things to look for when things go wrong, to kind mm -hmm. of look for the good in it, look for the possibility yeah. of good. And I mean, I used to, I, I hate to say it, but I used to be one of those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm, I'm back, I practice it and I'm like, oh, wait, this really works. <laughs> so coming from experience of one of the people that, that poo-pooed it, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon a lot of people that now do practice it or do enjoy it, 
they they dismissed it. Believe me, I'm sure everyone did at some point. But you know, yeah. everyone's journey is different to lead you to maybe wanting to do it. Yeah, I have somebody that came into my coaching program at at the beginning of the year, and he said, like, oh, I really avoided all these like awareness practices <laughs> my own life, but I guess I'm ready to to start. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know, and you'll be all in when you understand the yeah. the benefits of it. You know, yeah, it's like sometimes I feel like people not a I don't like the word forced, but they are almost forced to do it because you know they maybe have gone their whole life being like no 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 no, and like you said, he came in and said, I guess I'm going to try it now because it's like <laughs> you know what, I guess this is what I have to try now. And yeah, it's amazing yeah. how much it changes. It's super unfortunate, but I think it's the case for everything, right? When the pain yeah. is great enough, we start paying attention. And yeah. um, it's it's so sad for me because I look back. Of course, I realize this at a much later place in life. And I hope that the younger generation, you know, is better mm-hmm. at, better equipped at understanding all these things. But what I've been very successful in my life, but the question is, what did I leave on the table? Right. What yeah. did I leave on the table? What was, what was possible? I know that yeah. I left a lot of joy on the table and a lot of peace in my life. Um, yeah. But I think, I don't know, the joy and peace I experience now is definitely making up for it. Yeah. 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 And I guess I'm going to ask you, would you, if you could go back and change anything would you you know I think I have to have the same answer right because I see I see um my experiences being so valuable for people Mm -hmm. and the joy I have and being a um a pawn (laughs) in, (laughs) in the um in the journey of somebody else that I can inspire it's I I don't want I don't want people to suffer right but people just need to know that we can use that for good Um, yeah you know the I don't know what you have over there um, in the UK but in in the US you know Mothers Against Drunk Driving was started um, years ago when a mother Mm -hmm. lost her daughter to a drunk driver in a car accident and what could be worse than losing a child yet he did something so impactful um to develop awareness of drunk driving uh and so even if we can't see it in the moment because some things are super hard to to go through Mm-hmm. As we're going through that, right? Whether it is a disability or the death of mm-hmm. someone or or anything, but as long as we have hope that it will be used for something good, you mm-hmm. just—it doesn't matter if you feel it today. You just put one foot in front of the other and know that it's it's possible. And I think yeah. that, that leads you somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And as long as you can take that first step, you know, each step you take afterwards leads you on to a journey and leads you into places that 
yeah, it could take you somewhere you never thought you'd go. So, well, yeah, and I mean, literally, when you took your first step, right? It's like <laughs> it motivates you to take the next one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember taking my first step. So, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. And have you got kind of any advice for people, kind of that are from your experience and your you story? Know, you know, I my biggest advice is to. Have compassion for yourself. Mm -hmm. Stop beating yourself up. Develop an awareness of what you're doing and without mm -hmm. shame. Because it gives you facts to deal with. I would say mm -hmm. be involved with a community. There's lots of communities out there. Um, you know, if you purchase my book, you get access to a private Facebook group um, where you can be with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. and knowing you're not alone in your head. I, I always say this particular habit or alcohol abuse, mm -hmm. so much secret suffering going on. And I, I'm really trying to get people aware, like, don't keep that in your head. Don't suffer by yourself. There's just too many people out there that are experiencing the exact same yeah. thing. And when you realize that and you realize you're not alone, it becomes so much easier, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you get to see people before you, right? You get to yeah. see people, how people feel. And so that gives you hope to take the next step and the next day and the next month. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think community accountability and stop, stop the negative conversation. That's my, yeah. my biggest advice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is people, people don't realize that they're not alone and whatever you're going through, it's an extreme, you know, whoever you are, it's an extremely lonely experience. Mm -hmm. But I think the ironic thing is there is a whole world out there of people going through some people in particular going through exactly the same thing as you are. And I think that's one thing is people have no idea. Um, and I think it is, it's a huge message to know that you're just not alone. Yeah, and that's with all bad habits and addictions, yeah. right? I, I think it's across the board, regardless of what it is. That's that's definitely the um, the process of mm -hmm. making change. Don't give up. Do you know what I mean? It can take people several attempts. It doesn't yeah. mean you're stuck forever. You just mm -hmm. keep keep making the attempt. Stop beating yourself up. And, and develop an awareness of what's going on. Because eventually, for all of us that have been stuck in this, we do it for enough times to go, I really don't want to say day one again. You know, I'm really yeah. kind of done with that. But you have to have enough day ones and be aware of them. I used yeah. to have day ones and not be aware of how many I yeah. have. But if I had developed that awareness... Well, every time I say day one, it's if I take that drink, it's going to be day one. Again. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and developing the awareness just empowers you to choose a different path. Yeah, no, I agree. That makes a lot of sense. So is there anything else that you want to discuss today? No, I just want to encourage people that if they're looking for a solution to... Mm -hmm. uh, to stopping their alcohol habit. I, my book is sold on Amazon. 
Mm -hmm. And it's called The Clancy House for Me, and the website, theclancyhouseforme.com, has a lot of resources, information about the coaching program, if, uh, if you're interested, and uh, also access to a quick start video for alcohol freedom. That's free. So, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you this morning. Well, this morning for you, this evening for me. <laughs> I know. Um, well, it has uh, has been just uh, a joy to, to talk to you. It's just nice to, well, be across the pond too, right? <laughs> and just know that there's so much commonality to humanity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Coach people around the world and we're all the yeah. same. We're all the same. Yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me, Roseanne. And if you feel her book, The Plans He Has For Me, could help you or someone you know, grab a copy today. And also, start leaning into the discomfort of breaking your habits, whatever they are. I'll leave you with one question. What's next for you?